Hi, everybody. Hello! You're listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject. While enjoying adult beverages, my name is Kay. I'm Carrie. And today my and adult... drinking bone marrow. Yeah. <laughs> my adult <laughs> beverage is bone broth. Ugh. And Mine is fasting um, for the win. Delicious ice water with a side of Tums and Tylenol today mm-hmm. because the struggle is real. And anyone who thinks pregnancy is fun is out of their fucking mind. <laughs> so I've got water. So there. Too. <laughs> I will be drinking water it's once this bone broth is too done. Too fucking hot. Mm-hmm. It's too hot for alcohol, even. It's too hot, and it's three in the afternoon. I don't need to be drinking right now. No, it's 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 too, too hot mm-hmm. and so humid. And I have to make a run to the store, so don't want to drink. Yeah, I'm going to go to the store in the morning, too. Because there are things that I need that mm-hmm. I can't get on the Walmart pickup app, and I'm going to have to go to our Kroger. So I'm going to get up as early as possible mm-hmm. and go. On a Thursday morning. <laughs> you might want to... The be- most random time of day. <laughs> you might want to make sure they're open by that time, because I know a lot well, of them I know. aren't opening till I'm like going to check their hours. Yeah, I'm going to okay. check their hours. I'm not going at 5 a.m. like a weirdo. <laughs> I know, but I just... <laughs> I need to get some breakfast burritos and some stuff that I can heat and eat, because it's too... It takes too long to stand in front of the stove and cook things. Mm-hmm. It hurts me too much now, so... But they also have to be things that are safe for me to eat because gestational diabetes. So, it's a great place to be in. (laughs) I'll say that. (laughs) Well, you're getting two very nice meals tomorrow. I'm jealous. I want both of them. (laughs) I'm going to have to make them for myself sometime. Mm. Oh, golly. And also, I ran out of my Flonase, so I'm back to coughing and sputtering oh so it's great today's great it's a great day Mm -hmm. (laughs) sounds like it (laughs) (laughs) oh lord well what what's up with you i don't (laughs) (laughs) i mean not much has changed since yesterday um right snow is better i don't think i've talked about that on the podcast recently but Uh, If you all remember, my guinea pig had mites, and now I think I've completely eradicated them. Um, Yay! No more itchy piggies! Yes! I'm keeping them separated for another two weeks, just to be sure, and then they can go back together and I don't have to clean two cages every week. Um, And hopefully they won't be depressed. Yeah. Seriously. I know. They're very upset, but they get a lot of attention because they're out... Um, <laughs> I've got Rocky in the dining room and Snow in the living room, so they still, like, get interaction with people and stuff, so. That's good. Yeah. Um, they've started this thing now where they just pull all the hay that I put in their hay feeder, they pull it all out of it and just put it on the bedding and eat it from there. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you wow. lazy assholes. that sounds like hamlet it's his favorite place to eat is in my bed oh yeah i know (laughs) 
<laughs> he loves it. He lays down like a little prince. <laughs> Don't you, buddy? Is he taking a nap right now? Good boy. Hopefully he'll behave himself today. Last last couple of times has been very dicey <laughs> with him. But he's having some pretty sad... He's having some separation anxiety with Josh and I going back to work. Yeah. Because well, Josh has projects to get done before uh, before he goes on leave. Mm-hmm. So he's got to... <laughs> He's got to take care of all that. But he'll be home the next two days, buddy. He'll be okay. I've got um, a short story pretty much all put together. I just have to, like, actually write it out. But I have it plotted, which is nice. Nice. Yeah. (coughs) So that makes me feel a whole lot better. I can get that done this week and... Yay! Have something for my creative writing capstone that starts next yay. week yeah <laughs> that you have to go to in person mm-hmm. ew yep but it'll be great it's gonna be great it's gonna be terrifying i feel like if it was me i would like be completely masked and gloved and stand in the back of the room <laughs> <laughs> well they <laughs> They did kind of an orientation for us, and mm-hmm. they um, they showed us pictures of what the classrooms look like now, um, and, like, they have seated the desks so that they are all six feet apart from each other in every way. Um, Good. And the teachers are going to be cleaning the desks before and after oh, every class. Oh, poor teachers. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... I mean, what else are you going to do? Right. right now? And who, what's to stop some weird dickhole from moving their desk right next to yours? Yeah. To be a creep and a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And to be annoying because that's what people do. Mm-hmm. Like today, <laughs> for me, <laughs> when I was leaving work. <laughs> and, um, like, our, where, where Josh and I work, like, there's like full body scanners and, like, there are ordinances that people have to be masked and, like mm-hmm. hand sanitize and all this stuff. This man was wearing no mask though. And I've this has never been a problem. Like I have never like there's been people that have been unmasked, but they're like way far away, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, like they're the guideline is that like you have to have be masked if you're within six feet of somebody. So yeah. um <clears throat> so of course they have to be masked when they come in the store and they have to hand sanitize before they touch anything. Otherwise we have to spray everything down mm-hmm. every time someone leaves and I have to sit in a cloud of Lysol, which is not fun. Um, yeah. So, which really would mean I spray everything down, close the door, and go to my friend Sarah's office. And the store's closed because you're a dick. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. today, though, as I was leaving, some gentleman decided to be chivalrous, and it was not necessary, and nor is it appropriate in this climate that we're in. Um, I went through, like, the... I went through the style to get to the door. I was already opening the door and then I turned and this unmasked man was literally right next to me, opening the door right next to me. Oh my right God. Right next to the door I was already opening. And he was like, oh, I was getting the door for you. And I was like, oh, uh, thank you. And I about came no out of thanks. my skin because I was just like, please, why are you next to me? I am clearly nine months pregnant. You don't have a mask on. It's a pandemic. Stay the fuck away. 
it's not like I couldn't open the door. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get he was trying to be polite. I understand that. But also, like, I was, I already had the door open. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like, ran up from his, like, there's th- three little things that you go through and you use your badge, you scan it, and it opens. Yeah. To let you in. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the security measure to keep people from, uh, that aren't employees from coming into the plant. Yeah. So, and you do it to leave and to come in. So... <laughs> He like ran from his little style to to my door. Oh my after god! My door why? was already halfway open, but my door was already halfway open. I had nothing in my hands except a cup. Like, <laughs> it's not like I had an armful of groceries and you were being like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just what are you doing? <laughs> Stay he away. He was older. From it was probably god. it was probably something like ingrained, hard ingrained in his like weird upbringing or something. But like. Yeah. It's not the time, <laughs> sir. <laughs> this is not the time for chivalry from strangers. <laughs> chivalry no, from strangers not. is staying away <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ugh. So that was my day. <laughs> oh goodness gracious. Well, today we have a fun subject. Yes, yes we do. I'm very excited about it. Not a dark one. It's very, very fun. So hopefully this will lighten up your week a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week we are talking about found, found families. families. Yeah. And how important they are. Yes. Very true. Very true. Um, okay, so let's, I guess we'll, we'll just dive right in. So let's start with a quick definition. So, um, oh, excuse me. I apologize. I, I forgot my Tums today. No. When I went to work. So I've had horrible heartburn all day while wearing a mask. Oh. And my throat is very irritated. So just bear with me, you guys. Yuck. Um, okay. So um, uh, this is a, a definition that I liked um, the most that I found from whatsyourgrief.com, found family and grief. They, I guess it was talking about like, you know, when you lose your family... Yeah, I'm not really sure, but I, I didn't read the whole article. But the definition that I found there was really good. I, this is all I pulled from there. So um, the definition is um, when we talk about found family, we mean people who are not blood family, but who a person forges a deep and meaningful, but who a person forms a deep and meaningful bond with based on things like shared values, mutual care and support, understanding, um, unconditional love and positive regard. Uh, oftentimes these relationships are created because a person feels a lack of these qualities in their existing relationships. So, um, it's mostly, I mean, we, we come across this a lot in, um, TV and in books and, um, in movies. Um, it's a lot of times it's people who are either orphaned and then find their family else, families elsewhere. Or, um, if you think about the show friends, Mm -hmm. they became found families because if you meet when you meet their actual families like all of their actual families suck yeah um <laughs> so they become their own their own family unit um mm-hmm. and so i think it, i think this is part of why twilight hit so close to home for me when i was growing up i think that's why it was such a comfort thing for me just because i mean i'm gonna be honest my family sucked so, like, yes. seeing something like that in literature where, like, this person whose family sucks, they they get all this unconditional love, and it, it's just... That's what I got from Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's... Growing up. Because I felt so out of place in my own family. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. I love my family. I have a, I have a seriously awesome family, but they're mm-hmm. also very conservative, and I just am a questioner, and I, I have gone and... and I have forged, I, I've paddled my own canoe a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been, um, it it was definitely, I just, I felt like an outsider just in general, like from mm-hmm. friends and, and, and stuff at school. And, and I, I felt like an outsider a lot until I went to college and found people I actually had things in common with, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, which ended up being some people, some of the people from my high school that just I didn't get close to until after high school, you know. Yeah. But I found I found a lot of comfort and a lot of hope in fr- in uh, the show Friends and in um, Harry Potter mm-hmm. because there's this trope is is definitely a big part of that as well. Of like that gave me a lot of hope of like oh well you can find people yeah that fill those roles for you later mm-hmm. in different ways. So like I mean in my life like you're you're part of my found family i mean i've made (laughs) i've made (laughs) a lot of friends with people that have just become that close you know Mm -hmm. um so like you and of course kita and mike um and then yeah you know it's just it's something that's very (laughs) comforting so yes definitely and it's definitely something that I don't know. I feel like we all kind of need in a way. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so I also found this interesting article, um, because again, this is something that kind of started as a trope in literature and TV, mm-hmm. um, and then has kind of translated into, into real life. So I wanted to talk about it as far as the trope, like the television trope and stuff like that. So, um, Let's see. So this is from tvtropes.org. It's an article called uh, Family of Choice. Okay. And there is no author listed, so this is just the website staff. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, it says, often in fiction, a character who starts out conveniently an orphan will pick up extremely loyal companions along the way. So conveniently an orphan is another chart is another trope Mm -hmm. um it pops up a lot in disney movies oh yeah um (laughs) or conveniently single parented you know like Mm -hmm. it's uh, almost everyone is single parented (laughs) in (laughs) disney movies yeah you go back and look it's a lot of dads raising daughters which is really cool and Mm -hmm. kind of groundbreaking in a way for the times that those movies came out oh yeah um I mean, you see it in jasmine you see it in uh beauty and the beast um trying to think who else just had their dad Pinocchio, but that's also like adoption and falling in love with an <laughs> an inanimate object. Whatever, <laughs> that that's a weird movie. Um, yeah, <laughs> Pinocchio was. <coughs> let's not discuss it's Pinocchio. <laughs> terrifying, by the way. Um, trying to think what else. Oh, a uh, Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Um, but daddy, I love him. You're 16. You're 16. <laughs> oh, she's such a brat. I hate that movie so much. The songs are great, but I hate Ariel. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I just want to punch her every time I watch that movie. You're, she's such a brat. Um, who else is just raised by their daddy? Not Mulan, but that movie is also amazing. I cannot wait to see the new one. The trailer is literally making me weep every time I watch it. Yeah. Um, it's on Disney oh. Plus, but you 
Like, you have to pay $30 to rent it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's only $2 more than if two of us went to the movie theater, so. Um. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think of more Disney options. Oh, uh, I mean, Finding Nemo. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but that, that's more recent. Um, well, even a more recent one, it was just, well, Princess and the Frog, but it's her mom just raising but, her. Yeah, that's that's single mom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I love Princess and the Frog. I do, too. Gosh, the music is amazing. Yes. Um, I hope they make a live action version of that and add more songs. Yes. Um. <laughs> Or do it on Broadway or something. Oh, it's so good. I don't know how on earth you would do that on Broadway. Everybody <laughs> would be in frog costumes. Um, but anyway, you guys get the point. But um, so that's what I just wanted to make sure we said convenient, what conveniently an orphan meant. Um, mm-hmm. So that would also apply to Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, and uh, it also applies to the girls in Charmed because mm-hmm. uh, their mom single mom died um died when they were little raised by their grandma that kind of thing um of course they are actual family but they do they did separate and then came back together so yeah. i think it counts um so let's see uh so sometimes these relationships are forged through the fire of conflict but with families of choice it's a bit different Members of a chosen family mourn the lack of family in their lives and choose to build one of their own out of people they care for and who care and who care for them in turn in return. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest example that I can think, the most prominent besides Harry himself that I can think of, is um, Remus Lupin in Harry Potter. Yes, um, definitely, and Sirius, um, because they both they felt, were like so, brothers with Lupin. Yeah, like with Lupin being an, being a werewolf, he was very ostracized and with Sirius his family was so evil and he was not, you know. They <laughs> yeah. were such they were all up in the racism and the dark magic and all of that and he just did not that was not his tune, the tune of his piano. So mm-hmm. he found they both found their families in their group of friends. Mm-hmm. At at school. Um which is I mean, huge. I mean, very similar to what Harry went through. Yeah. Um, James, not so much. James had a great family, so it's. But he still he, considered he them his family. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. he did. But um, his family also, I think, took in his friends. Yeah, they did as well. His they parents took in very serious. much took in his friends. Yes. Um, but they they definitely were all more like brothers than friends. Mm-hmm. Um, except for fucking Peter, he can go fuck himself. Well, but I mean, anyway, <laughs> he was he was like their brother too, and then he betrayed them, which made it yes. even worse. So. Which was so much worse. Yeah, I would have died. I would have died rather than betray my friends. Oh <laughs> God, I love that movie. Ugh. this just makes me want to re reread all the Harry Potter <laughs> books. But. <laughs> Um, so, as in real life, this is most common when something has happened to these characters to isolate them from blood relatives. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> perhaps they have no family to return to. Maybe they have a supernatural secret they can't share with their closest friends. They might just have a bad home life in general and decide to leave. Oh, Maybe another... They were for... Yes. Sorry, another example. Katniss and Peta and... Yes! Um, oh, fuck. Gail? No, uh, not so much Gail, but 
oh god, their, the, yeah, their the sponsor. Guy? Oh yeah, what's his name? Hamish. Hamish, Hamish and Effie. Yes, they were well, not Effie. family. Well, well she <laughs> ended up. Effie. Oh, well, <laughs> kind of in the movie, but not yeah, in the book. Not in the book, but <laughs> no, <laughs> that was Elizabeth Banks being brilliant, but. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Um, because they'd been through. Th- speaking of, you know, the fires of what did what what did, what did it say up here? Uh, the fire the f- of conflict. Uh, fire of conflict. Yes, definitely mm-hmm. going through, uh, going through a gladiatorial fight together <laughs> will definitely <laughs> help you forge a bond. Yes. Um, God, I, I love those books so much. Um, but yeah, so um, I've lost my place. Hang on. Uh, Oh, maybe they were, for whatever reasons, disowned or rejected by their family members. To fill the the vacant roles in their lives, some characters build their own families with people they choose to care about. Um, Some common examples of family of choice include an adult meeting the future heroes as children and deciding to be their parental substitute that they need. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of like Dumbledore a little bit. In Harry Potter, um, more Hagrid, Professor McGonagall, Hagrid, yeah, oh yeah, definitely more Hagrid, um, a, more Hagrid, a little bit of Dumbledore, a little bit of Professor McGonagall. I mean, he definitely had some great teachers, and uh, you know, of course, Sirius coming into his life, and um, Lupin, and all mm-hmm. of those great people that came in to kind of fill those roles, yeah, from, and especially the Weasleys. I mm-hmm. mean, the Weasleys really took him in. As one of their own. I mean, Molly really loved him like a son. Yeah. You know? Um, <clears throat> do, 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 do. Um, that they need children who grow up together without family of their own, claim each other as brother and sister, or an adult friend of a single parent who takes it upon himself to always be there for the main characters and thus become an honorary uncle. Kind of like Hagrid. Yeah. I feel like. There. Um... So adopted and blended families, however, are not examples of these tropes because they do have legal status as families. So this mm-hmm. is like, just to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> so the Brady Bunch does not count. <laughs> <laughs> um, examples of this trope must describe not just the nature of the relationship, but how, when, or why the characters came to feel this way about each other. Um, remember, if they came to think of each other as true companions because the plot has brought them closer together, it's more likely to be fireforged friends, band of brothers, or just true companions than this trope. Mm-hmm. Um, subtrope of true companions, uh, compared contrast with no blood ties and thicker than water, hint, if an, if an example includes the words in the end, then it's more likely fireforged friends. Okay, so kind of... We're kind of straddling that with with Katniss and Peeta. Yeah. A little bit. But, you know, I don't know. I still count it. Because it kept kept going after in the next book. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm trying to think of more examples. Um... Well, Once Upon a Time, kind of. Oh, yeah. Uh, Especially they're actually family. Yeah, but they also didn't (laughs) know that. And they still... I will find you. (laughs) Yes. I will always find you. Oh yeah, like in the first season where mm-hmm. like Snow and Snow and Emma they were roommates and they were already like kind of feeling like family. Yeah. But they didn't know they were already family. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um God, I need to finish that show. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I think I'm in season five. Um Ugh. But oh goodness, what else? There are 
There's so much. Walking Dead of is this. another one. Yeah. Um, of course, I think we're we're straddling Fireforged Friends again there, but who the fuck cares? Um, <laughs> it's just it's Michael tried to get that to happen in the office, but it didn't. I think oh, with the main yeah. group, it um, kind of did in a way, but. <laughs> It's not a family. No. It's a workplace. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Holly. <laughs> this is what Michael was trying to force to happen yeah. through the entire series of The Office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. He's such a trip. <laughs> um, do, 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 do. I can't think of any more. I'll think of a thousand when we're done. Um, <laughs> I've got some examples, but I'm going to save them for later. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've still got a couple articles. You still have your whole segment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so um, in, complex cl- in complex cases, however, the two tropes can overlap. If things get difficult with a family of choice, the, the character can't just dump them. Because they're now family, so that relationship becomes stressful. Yeah. So that's kind of like what happened with Peter being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Except that they did end up trying to kill him. <laughs> I mean, I would have to, to be fair. Because he betrayed... Yeah. He betrayed one of their own. Yeah. I think that's also kind of what Voldemort was trying to create with his Death Eaters, but you can't really unite people through that. No. And I think that's what people look for when they join groups like that. Mm-hmm. Let's put it in the context of wizard superiority instead of white supremacy, which yeah. is what happens a lot. It's people who are lonely that are just looking for companionship and looking for that family dynamic a lot of the time. And so then they buy into all the bullshit and get sucked in. Mm-hmm. Because they're lonely, which is really sad. Um, this can happen in cults, too, very much. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so it's not always a great thing, but it is... It, I, I think it's definitely something that we've all benefited from. I mean, I definitely have friends that I consider closer... Almost closer than family, because, you know, we do kind of have to still edit ourselves when we're around our families, and... Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really let the F word fly in front of your grandma. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we all still even if our families are great, we still we this is still something I feel like we seek out and it's so beneficial and it's important to make sure that we're also maintaining those those friendships during this this time where we can't see each other. So mm-hmm. um, the whole Zoom thing has been really helpful for us. I know Um Though it's also really stressful, so... (laughs) Yeah. Because you, like, have to stare at each other the whole time and come up with things to talk about. It's just, like, not a natural way to have a conversation. (laughs) But, you know, whatever. Um, What about you? I, um... I mean, I have, of course, I have this with you. And then, um... Mm -hmm. I've got... Keita and Mike, who I've been able to actually see a little bit during the pandemic... Um, That's great. Yeah, I I went and did Fourth of July with them, and like all of their family came. Um, but like whenever there's a family function going on with them, I'm usually invited. Like 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, like, Kita and I actually had dinner the other night. I, that was the first time I've actually gone out to a restaurant since before oh. the pandemic even started. But oh, my God. We, that's so scary. Yeah, we went. But it was really cool to see, like, how everything's changed. If I can just talk about that for a second. We went to... Yeah. We went to a Mexican restaurant, and I didn't even notice this, but they've got a QR code on the tables now. So instead of giving mm-hmm. you menus, you scan the QR code with your phone, and the menu pops up on your phone. <gasps> that's cool. Yeah. And so that's less, con- less cross-contamination. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And, like, all the waiters were masked. Um, there weren't very many people inside. Like, it was late on a Saturday night, so it should have been busy, but Packed. it wasn't. And, like, they've they've got each booth separated by six feet, like, and people are only allowed in, like, every other booth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was really nice. We had a good time. Um, I That's got a margarita, cool. <laughs> which was yeah, fun. Yeah, please... The place by us is doing margaritas to go. Oh, and I yeah. Was like, Ever- y'all should keep this up because here in like a couple weeks, I can have a margarita again. And Everyone's y'all's margaritas are the shit. <laughs> Everyone's doing that right now. And like Andy is trying to get it so that that can continue even after the pandemic. Oh, it should. Because yeah. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I, I mean,. Like, I've got them, and then I've got um, a couple of friends who I've talked about before, but I haven't said their name or mm-hmm. anything. Um, but, like, we've started you a book. You don't have to say anybody's yeah. names. <laughs> <laughs> we've started a book club together, and uh, we have Zoom conversations at least once a month just to stay in touch. And, nice. Um, get some really neat conversations going. That way we're not, like, looking for things to talk about, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool that you, like, you come to the Zoom meeting with something kind of, like, prepared a little bit. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so that's been really fun. And, like, of course, uh, I text them daily, and you and I talk, and we uh, do the podcast, of course. That's yeah. helped us a whole lot. <laughs> this is, this um, has helped, this has been, like, all I need. Yeah. Honestly. Like, I mean, it's nice to see you know, it's, it's nice to see some of my other friends occasionally just randomly. And it's, it's great to see Sarah at work now, you know, but Mm -hmm. like, this has been the bulk of any, any kind of social interaction that I need is like right here. So this has been very instrumental in getting, in keeping me sane throughout (laughs) throughout this whole like crazy period. Otherwise I would have completely collapsed in on myself because my house is so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, I mean, I've been able to get... They've been instrumental yeah. in keeping us sane. Found Our found families have definitely been. Yeah. Um, I'll say this, too. Like, um, not to speak for myself, but to um, speak for my, my brother's wife. Um, they, they've had a lot of, like, exterior family problems. Like, their extended family is... is they have a rough relationship with their extended family. And so... Um, she and her sister and her parents and brother, like, I, we all, like, really want to bring them into our family to, like, be a part because they're such sweet and beautiful and wonderful people, like, because we know, like, how, 
you know yeah. how bad and stressful and strained the relationships are with their ex- with their um ex- I keep wanting to say exterior what is it extended family like we want to bring them in and invite them to Christmas and like in- envelop them into our own into our family and now that her twin sister is marrying my cousin like we're one step closer to just like sucking everybody in so oh that's <laughs> awesome know? like yeah Betsy and Rob feel like in-laws to me too so it's it's pretty cool. Like it's it's been I don't know. It's th- this whole concept has just been really really beautiful is has been really beautiful in both of our lives and it's very close to our hearts. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you're listening and you don't feel as close to your family as you should be as you feel like you should, I mean don't give up hope. Like there are people out there that can become your family. Yeah. Everyone has a place where they can fit in. And um, it's also great to go to therapy and talk to your therapist about that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much done. Um, this was a pretty loose, <laughs> okay, <laughs> a pretty this loose, a pretty topic. loose episode. There wasn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, there wasn't really much for me to talk about. But um, I know that you've got some cool things that you're going to talk about next. So, and I don't want to step on your toes anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> so shall we take a quick break? Yeah. All right. And we're back. We are. So during the break, I was scrolling through my Tumblr and I remembered that I had a story I wanted to share with you all. Oh. And I'm hoping you all will find it as funny as I did. This is a oh, no. This is a Twitter thread from at Enswell Jones. Um, it was posted July 18th of 2020. So strap in (laughs) i just i want to start with this get us laughing a little bit because okay i need to get my energy up a little so (laughs) i want to say i was 16 maybe my family went to florida i was and still am a passionate scuba diver the water is the only place i feel graceful i went by myself on a dive boat there was me and maybe six other divers All big and brawny men. I felt very small and hairless. (laughs) You have to understand dive culture. Some people like the fish. Some people like the quiet. Some people, dudes with bad fathers, like to pretend they're (gasps) Navy SEALs. Oh, no. (laughs) They strap knives to their legs and wear huge watches and get all big bald about how how little air they use. This boat was filled with those meatheads. On our oh, no. on our way Gross. out to the dive site, I was like, "Are we invading Bermuda?" They were all strapped. <laughs> in- <laughs> they were all strapped and wearing four foot fins, telling tales about how they routinely dived at three hundred feet and fought sharks. Several confessed underwater murders. What? <laughs> Today I'd be like, "Sorry about your shitty childhoods, but being a teenage boy is hard in some ways." I was sort of intimidated and wanted badly to belong. I did not belong. My mummy and daddy had driven me to the boat and were waiting on shore for me with ice cream. Anyway, (laughs) we dived. Oh, that sounds delightful. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we dived and the biggest chet of the bunch got a wicked jellyfish sting on his face like he'd been slashed with broken glass. Oh, no. Whether any of his other stories were true, I had no idea. But now he had a true story about the time a jellyfish turned his lips into sausages. 
<laughs> we scrambled back onto the boat. The guy was screaming through his gritted teeth, so pretty quickly he was laid out flat on the deck. Back then, the theory was that ammonia helped treat jellyfish stings. Oh no! Apparently it does not. Oh no! A good source of ammonia is... Urine. Pee! Yeah! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. (laughs) Out of nowhere, these big hairy bros started pissing on his face like dogs fighting over a fire hydrant. Oh my god, that's so funny. (laughs) I'd never seen. Speaking of the show, friends. Yes. Oh my god. (laughs) I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, where would I have? Nowhere. No. I hope. Oh my god. But I still had a lot to learn about diving in manhood. I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. I I shouldered into the circle and peed on him too. No! I didn't just take... No! (laughs) Didn't just take a tinkle on this dude either. If you've ever (gasps) gone diving, you know that you absorb or swallow half that ocean. You have to piss like a racehorse. It was like I was oh a b- God. bilge pump. I emptied a bucket on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> on his face. <laughs> I was reminded years earlier of going to Cleveland Municipal Stadium, maybe. Some ballpark that had circular urinals. I had to stand there in the circle of bikers and longshoremen and take out my tiny peen and hang one. The boat was like that. Oh my God. But at least I'd hit puberty. <laughs> <laughs> we doused that guy like he was on fire. There was more urine on that boat deck than in the ball pit at Ikea. Gross! <laughs> and then we all acted like the biggest fucking heroes in the world, giving each other high fives and shit. It was the weirdest thing. These guys were jacked. <laughs> we headed back to shore. Piss boy sat alone, <laughs> staring out to sea. I remember thinking, he doesn't look okay. <laughs> it wasn't... No. <laughs> No, he doesn't. It wasn't just the jellyfish sting. That trip changed him. He'd gone out of and <laughs> never been peed on. <laughs> he was coming back knowing he could never say that again. <laughs> That's a very specific fetish. Yes. <laughs> Everybody else was quiet, too, until one of the other guys piped up. We should have pissed into cups or something and then poured them on you. That would have been better. And the guy just looked over like a man who wished everything was different and whispered, Yeah. (laughs) We got got back and said goodbye. Six penises just (laughs) dousing him in the face. Yes. Oh, that's all he sees when he closes his eyes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We got back and said goodbye. Six strangers brought together by fate to urinate all over another stranger's face. (laughs) My parents asked me how my dive had gone. Great, I said. I didn't tell them I had peed on a man for the first time. I just ate my ice cream. It was reward enough. 
Wow. <laughs> and that was a trip. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> so I just... See, that doesn't count as a found family, because that's what we call fi- forged in fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Connections. <laughs> Or for, forged in urine. Oh my mm-hmm. god, that's so funny. Yes. I just thought I'd share. Wow. That was hilarious. And I couldn't. I love that shit. <laughs> I love when people who are super macho like that get taken down a peg. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my <sighs> my first actual article for this topic is from the Auto. Um... Her tagline is pop culture ponderings and associated geekery. (laughs) Um, This was posted on April 9th, 2015. So it's a little older, but it's still relevant. This isn't a current events thing. No. So So, (laughs) this is titled The Importance of Found Family Stories. This is my family. I found it all on my own. It's little and broken. But still good. Yeah, still good. Lilo and Stitch, making us all cry over an explosive dog-like Aww. alien since 2002. Oh, <laughs> right. Ohana means family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. <laughs> oh, fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, though. It's so good. So, again, this is from 2015, so it's talking about Orphan Black. I don't know if any of you watched it. I didn't, but it does sound like something that would be up our alley. Um, But Orphan Black is coming back real soon. It came back in 2015. And I realize this means (laughs) all the debates over what in the world. Not now. (laughs) No. I think it's over now. Yeah. (laughs) And I realize this means all the debates over what in the world is happening with Sarah's love life are going to flare back up. Will she stay with Cal and make a complete nuclear family with their daughter? Or does she still harbor feelings for Paul despite their weird on-again, off-again, secret military clone experiment relationship? What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Frankly, I'm just going to zone out, because what I'm really and actually invested in is her relationship with her foster brother, her daughter, her estranged, reformed, murderess of a twin sister, and all the closely-knit friends she's made along the way. Jesus Christ, this show is intense. Yes. <laughs> the family <laughs> plotline, that is. Some of it blood-related, most of it forged on her own terms. I already have a family, she said to Helena in the finale of season one, refusing to be tied down by all the weirdness of her genetic family tree and referring instead to the bond she'd forged by affection. And, you know... The people who had actually taken care of her for her whole life and not started that life in an attempt to use her as a scientific experiment. An attempt they then mercilessly continue. Granted. Oh my god. (laughs) Granted, she lets Helena. What the fuck is this show? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I'm invested. I want to watch. I gosh, (laughs) it seems overwhelming. Yes. (laughs) Granted, she lets Helena into her life later on, and they begin to form a messy but devoted sibling relationship. But that was still her choice. Sometimes, your family is a crappy place to be, whether it contains evil scientists or not, and it's important for fiction to emphasize that it's not only okay, but sometimes better, to make your own choice about who you call home. Yes. 
especially in kids' literature, I think. There's a trend towards unhappily adopted orphan heroes, as we'll all know, who are lifted from the abuse-slash-poverty-slash-hilariously-wonky living conditions they're in by discovering that their parents were secretly wizards, Harry Potter, or royalty, or holders of some great destiny that our hero is now tasked to take up. The truth of their bloodline saves the day, and you can dream of a giant bursting through your door declaring you're a wizard and scooping you off into the adventure <laughs> you were destined With for. With a birthday cake in his pocket. Yes. <laughs> Away from your mundane and terrible home life. An interesting case to bring up in comparison is Roald Dahl's Matilda, who off the bat has mm-hmm. a lot in common with Harry Potter. A young person in an obnoxious and abusive family who happens to have supernatural powers, both immediately relatable as heroes and providing the wish fulfillment that we could magic ourselves out of horrible situations we've been raised in. Sorry, guys, my allergies are really getting I love to Matilda. me. I do too. <clears throat> Both end up leaving their toxic home environments and end up surrounded by people who love them. There's a crucial difference between the two, though. Harry is saved by the reveal of his secret and much more appealing family lineage, and Matilda voluntarily leaves her biological family for better prospects. Yes. Harry's story is a much more common one. Your life is terrible, orphan hero? Surprise! You're real, but sadly dead and unable to help you, leading you to propelling (laughs) the plot on your own. Family were magical, giving you a portal to a better life you've been unknowingly destined for since the get-go. This goes all the way back to Oliver Twist, the kicked-around workhouse boy discovered by chance by a rich old man who realizes Oliver is his grandson. Happy endings ensue after plentiful struggle. This is a good narrative, and kind of so ingrained in our collective hearts that Matilda seems shocking in comparison. She left her blood relatives, but they were supposed to be where the hope was. Yeah. They sucked. They did. (laughs) (laughs) Matilda's happy ending is being adopted, rather than the other way around. She finds someone kind and good, who knows her struggle, and together they rise up against the awful characters surrounding them, and go off together to make their own family. Family is redefined as people who love, accept, and protect you, and Matilda's blood relatives are told, narrative-wise and literally, to go stuff themselves. Yes. It's important- Miss Honey's is, too. The teacher that adopts her, she, she does the same thing. Oh, yeah. Um, It's important to express that getting along with the family you do have is good, and naturally popping a long-lost relative or legacy to come uplift the protagonist is a good savior or plot starter. But it's also important to point out that biological connections aren't the be-all and end-all of close relationships. In fact, as Matilda proved, sometimes your biological connections land you in a toxic environment, And her story told kids everywhere that you are allowed to pursue your own health and happiness by getting out and finding support and care elsewhere. There's something fascinating and beautiful and kind of cathartic about characters that embrace a more loosely defined nature of family. I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, It also gives us more untraditional families on screen and page. Matilda has a single adoptive mother. Lilo has her older sister, brother-in-law, extraterrestrial best friend, and two (laughs) cross-dressing alien dads. Yes. (laughs) Steven Universe has three, occasionally five, shape-shifting alien moms and a human dad who supports from the sidelines. Um, 
For a less epic example, you can even look at Abed from Community, who makes it clear in the first few episodes that he has a very complicated and imperfect family situation, and over the course of the series starts thinking of the study group as his family in their place. Yes. He even assigns roles, Jeff and Britta as the parents of the group, to their chagrin, for comedy's sake. Mm -hmm. But there's a very real undertone. Yeah. (laughs) Um... We find another word that you can't pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a very real undertone that he's forged stronger emotional connections with his classmates, especially Troy and Annie, than his actual family, to the point of being distraught by the thought of them breaking apart and declaring, via a magical stop-motion adventure, the true meaning of Christmas is spending it with people you love, whether they're the family you mm-hmm. were born into or not. In fact, the chosen family, in his case, more reliable and supportive. So it's an important narrative that comes up in stories aimed at all ages, be they comedies or dramas of fantasy of sci-fi, or cute heart-rending stories about grief and hula dancing and patching a broken pair of sisters back together with alien hijinks. (laughs) (laughs) There's something that really hits home about chosen family narratives, whether they involve the character at their heart being adopted or simply forging strong bonds with platonic friends. With so much fiction based on the grand destinies bestowed by who you're born to, it's nice, and really important, to have stories that also place high value on the bonds you forge yourself, determined not by any destiny, cosmic or mediocre, but by your own choice of company for your own health and happiness. So I thought that was really good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, And then I found this other one from glad.org by palace Gutierrez, and they are a glad campus ambassador they posted this on april 9th 2020 um they are a sophomore at i no- don't know what that is what's a glad campus i i don't know um, <laughs> okay you said like you said that like it was something we should all know <laughs> I didn't mean to. I just I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, but they're a sophomore at Northwestern University, majoring in theater with a minor in gender and sexuality studies. Oh, nice. All right. Um, so just a little bit about them. Um, <clears throat> I grew up with a lot of family members who are not related to me. My parents' closest friends were my uncles and aunts. I called my... Oh. I just thought of something. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Like, my uh, my parents, when they moved to Arizona, they forged their own family out there. Like, all of our family lives on this side of the country. Mm-hmm. My parents moved out to Arizona, like, right after they got married. And they are still, like, really close friends with their little friend group that they formed out there. And they yeah. became each other's family. And anytime we went out and visited them, like, their Uncle Jay and Aunt Melinda and Aunt Kathy and Uncle T- Uncle Tim. Yeah. Like, we're not related, but that's who, you know. That's who they are. <laughs> like, I had... Yeah, so my parents totally had this. Mm-hmm. Uh, my godparents weren't actually, like, family, but they were Aunt Donna and Uncle Marion you know, and we had Christmas and Thanksgiving with them, and, um, Aunt Phyllis had Christmas and Thanksgiving with her, you know. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. Totally forgot about that (laughs) until just now. Okay, pause for a second, because allergies are killing me. Hold on.
okay, I'm back <laughs> with a clear nose. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So I called my brother's godmother, who watched both of us when our parents were at work, Mama Angela. I told a story about my Uncle Crash, and my friends asked if he was my dad's brother or my mom's. I hesitated. My dad had been calling Crash brother my whole life, but I knew they didn't share parents. When I tried to explain that Crash was my dad's best friend, my, parents in- my friends interpreted the relationship in their own way. Oh, so he's a family friend. The phrase felt cold to me. My idea of family had been challenged, and I did not know how to respond. I spent years assuming that everyone had this. People who were family in the ways that mattered, even if you weren't technically related. <clears throat> As I grew up and started exploring my queerness, I came across a term that described this patchwork, fam- this patchwork community I'd grown up in. Found family. Also referred to as chosen families, found or chosen families play an important role in the lives of queer people, as 39% of queer adults have faced rejection from their birth families. Found families can... Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Yeah, that's why I wanted to read this one, because I thought it was super important. Yeah. Um, found families can fulfill survival functions as well as emotional ones. 40% of homeless youth are LGBTQ, and found families can sometimes help find someone a place to stay. For these people, family becomes not a biological happenstance, but a group of supportive people providing unconditional support. My high school best friends, my Girl Scouts and sorority sisters, my college roommate, and the close friends I've found in college are my support net when my birth family can't be. I was homesick for my first few weeks of college, feeling a little rudderless and unimportant. As I found friends who came to me more than that word can contain, I missed home less. My family was with me at college, so I couldn't be homesick. Recently, not being with those members of my community reminded me of just how important found family is, especially to LGBTQ youth. Oh, guys, sorry. We're still in the middle of allergy <laughs> season, and it's really yep. fucking me up. <clears throat> <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> the COVID-19 pandemic has led to shelter-in-place and lockdown orders across the country, with no clear end in sight. Many queer young adults are being thrust back into homes that are unaffirming or actively dangerous, and remain away from their found families and networks on college campuses or at school. In these unprecedented and uncertain times, maintaining contact with found family is a crucial act of survival for many young people. Coming out to my birth family is an ongoing process and one that is incredibly scary for me. I couldn't have done it without my found family's support because as accepting as my family has been, that acceptance was never guaranteed. Without a found family who would accept and love me to rely on, my relationship to my birth family would be very different. For people who face rejection from their birth families, the safety of found family becomes even more critical. Before the outbreak, my found family was always there for me in my daily life. Front row at plays I wrote with flowers and ready to shower me with their compliments, calling me Ubers or buying me food when I needed it, and so much more. There are people who want to hear from me and who care about me, beyond people who are obligated to, and I cannot overstate how important that... validation is. 
These days, I have video called many of my friends over the past two weeks and have felt uplifted every time, at least for a little while. Maintaining that contact reminds us that this will end eventually, and even if they can't necessarily be with us, the love of our found and chosen families overcomes physical separation. Without my chosen family, my life wouldn't be the same at all. They're my family because we are all in it for the long haul, and we are there for all the bad parts, not just the easy and fun ones. All the unknowns right now are certainly not easy or fun, but found families are there to support you. A few months ago, a friend of mine graciously allowed me to host family dinner at his apartment. My best friends in college were there, including my roommate, who I have referred to as my brother, and a friend of mine that is my pledge husband. We regaled each other with stories about work, school, and relationships. We ate enchiladas and laughed about dining hall food. No one objected to me calling it family dinner, because that's what it was. A group of people who all loved each other sitting down for a delicious meal. As I prepare to move off campus into my own apartment next year, I am excited to host more family events and continue to cultivate those relationships. Those dinners will mean even more now after going through this difficult time apart. Love comes in all shapes and forms, and so do families. These arrangements are created by queer people to bring familial love that was otherwise missing into their lives, or to form an even deeper connection with one's friends. Discussions of queer love so often focus on queer romantic relationships, but we must remember the power of queer platonic and familial love, even if, yeah. for now, it is at a distance. These bonds can help heal uh-huh. queer youth and keep them safe. And that's the end of that one. But I thought... Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I re- That really resonated with me because I totally understand <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> and really i've i've made a network of people who i don't think i could do life without um because like i don't have that same support system in my family aside from my mother my mother's great um it's not a slight to her but it's just it's not you can't get everything well, you, you need more from than one just person. a parent I yeah mean, no you you <laughs> You need a, it's called a support system for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that yeah. just, I thought that was well, well put. it was hilarious. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> I laughed my butt off. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> the other one was funnier, but I thought that yes. one was important. That's important though. Yeah, yeah. no, it was good. Sorry. <laughs> just- <laughs> it's fine. I did start us off with a good laugh. Yes, you did, and you made me pee myself, and I don't appreciate it, but it's fine. It was worth it. Good. I can't breathe. You can't breathe. Is that that all that you have? Yeah, that's it. For your segment? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Since you can't breathe, we're going to cut this short. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, um, we're going to go ahead and play a game now. I know this is a really short episode, you guys, but... We are both on the serious struggle bus today. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and we have two crooked newses that are going to be great. And yes, y'all will be fine. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll be okay. <laughs> we don't have to... <laughs> we don't have to placate you. But, um... 
Um, but anyway, just wanted to let you guys know that that's why we're going to cut this short, because we are both on the serious struggle bus. So, um, yes. all right. So this is our game um, called uh, If You Had To by Drunk Sounder Stupid. So um, I think it's my turn to go first. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. So um, if you had to, would you declare yourself as a sex offender to everyone you meet? Oh, Jesus. Or um, drive a monster truck through a nurse. A nursing home. They were old anyways. <laughs> oh no! Those are both terrible! <laughs> I go with mine. I, yeah, I guess. I, I guess. I mean, like, they're both awful. <laughs> it doesn't mean you have to kill anyone. You could drive it... It doesn't say you can't tell people to get That's out of the true. way. That's true. We could drive it... We could drive it through the, through the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we hope that things are better. Happy November. Um. <laughs> and this is the last episode we're recording, I think, before. We don't know that. Oh, okay. Don't make declarations. Okay. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we um, were going to give you the week before to... Kinda. We don't know. Okay. We don't know. Okay. We don't need to give them. We don't need to tell them things. Okay. Um. Because <laughs> we don't know. So um. But anyway. Um. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Yes. In advance. Um. It's coming up soon. Don't know I how we're gonna it. do that. I know. I don't know how we're gonna do that. I don't know if it'll be safe for us to go to South Carolina. But oh, probably to not. see my family with our infant child. But we'll see. Um, hopefully things have started to get better. I don't know. But hopefully everyone registered to vote. Hopefully you did vote. Hopefully you mailed it in. And yeah. So um, we love you guys. Hopefully you get to have some Friendsgiving and some Thanksgiving this year. And remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Cricket. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.